huge thank you to Hunt a Killer for helping me bring you all this week's podcast episode. If you're anything like me, your ideal Friday or Saturday night is spent at home on the couch in your pajamas, maybe drinking a little bit of wine or some hard seltzer with your family and your dogs. Because I would rather stay in than go out, I absolutely love Hunt a Killer. If you haven't heard of Hunt a Killer yet, it is a murder mystery game told over six boxes. In each box, you will get things like witness statements and autopsy reports, and using these clues, you can solve a murder by the time you get to the final box. At only $30 per box, Hunt a Killer is way less expensive than a night at the town or a night at the movie theater, and it's an affordable way to spend time with your family and relax at home. If you like my podcast or anything true crime related, you will absolutely love Hunt a Killer. And the best part is that with the link in my show notes, you will get 30% off your first box. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Doe Identify podcast. If you are new here, my name is Haley, and this podcast episode is completely different from my normal episodes because it is my very first bonus episode. I know I've done kind of like a New Year's episode where I kind of gave some updates into like what I am looking at regarding future episodes and cases. And so, but today I am going to be interviewing Carl Koppelman in this episode. And I am just so excited that he gave me the chance and the opportunity to interview him. It is truly a dream come true as someone who is a part of the Jane and John Doe community. And so Carl, if you are listening, thank you so, so much for, you know, giving me the time of day to allow me to interview you. I'm truly honored and you were so great to talk to and you were so kind and patient with me as a new podcaster. And so I hope you all love this episode and I know you didn't click on it to hear me talk. And so let's go ahead and get into my interview with Carl. All right, everyone, I am here with Carl Koppelman. How are you, Carl? I'm doing great. Uh, Glad to be on your show. Thank you. And I so appreciate you being on my show. Um, I would say that in almost every podcast episode, I either like refer one of your images or something, or I refer to like how I wish you would create a rendering in your spare time (laughs) for something just because, you know, there's always not the best renderings of Jane and John Doe's. I get those kind of requests all the time. Yeah. pretty good big Facebook following and I'm I constantly know. getting messages on those on on my Facebook feed uh, mm-hmm. you know can you do this one can you do that one and unfortunately time is of a uh, finite uh, nature so yeah and because you're an accountant is that correct yes. okay mm-hmm. yeah so this yeah, is like you just did and, your spare uh, time <laughs> and for eight years I was you know, I was taking care of my mother and was not working. So mm-hmm. uh, there was plenty of time around the house that I could sit in front of my computer and do these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after her passing, I oh, would return sorry. to the workforce. And and so, you know, I'm back to an eight hour mm-hmm. day work wise right. and don't have the time as, as much as I did before now. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I still work on this when I have time, but it's not, uh, yeah. It's not uh, all day, every day, uh, like it used to be. I know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know I, I don't know how often like people thank you. I'm sure it's pretty often, but I want to tell you thank you because your renderings have personally helped me and my podcast. And I know I've been in contact with the Kern County Jane Doe's family who just got identified. Um, yes. As, uh, I was actually on that, uh, on that team. Uh, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And um, I know she, you know, recognized her aunt um because of your image and so just thank you so much for you know doing all of this in your spare time I think it is just so like noble of yeah you. the frustrating thing about that was that we we've had her identified since April or since before April of last year mm-hmm. and we were going to go press conference back in April yes and then uh that was April of last year mm-hmm. and uh, and then COVID came along and they couldn't fly her down mm-hmm. to uh California and you know, because of the COVID rules, with Canada is a lot more strict in their, mm. uh, 
in their rules in that regard than yeah. the United States is, and they couldn't they couldn't get her on a flight down to do a press conference, and we waited mm-hmm. and waited and waited. And so it's finally nice to see yeah. you know see this finally come to light yes. that, you know, that we've been waiting for the big reveal on this and haven't been able to. Mm, Yeah, I actually have a really embarrassing story. So one of my followers, um, she spent so many hours of her time sharing my podcast episode and I used your rendering for that. And so she was sharing like the thumbnail of my podcast episode. So essentially your work. Um, And she was sharing it and her the um Shirley's niece reached out to her and she was like hey like that's my aunt like we're waiting on confirmation or whatever to publish it and so I've known for weeks that it was Shirley um Uh and I saw the report and so I reached out to the DNA dope project because I was under the impression that it hadn't been confirmed yet to the niece and I was like hey like can you want to put it up on the on the page she's been identified because we saw that and said Oh wait a second! This this isn't supposed oh, to be. No 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 no! I would somebody never do that. Public, I would... Somebody put a post on one of the sites and you know said, "Oh, her name is Shirley Suisse." Oh and no! I was like, "Oh crap!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that happened with the mostly harmless hiker. I'm not sure if you're familiar with his case, but they like just blasted his name everywhere before they could get in touch with the family, and I think Who's it's this? so disrespectful. Who is this? Um, the mostly harmless hiker. He, oh, I have Mostly harmless. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and e- like everyone knew his name before it was like made public, just because of like people on Reddit. And yeah, it's it unfortunate just, that you know people yeah. jump the gun on because yeah, you know that is a real issue. If you do want the family to find out in official through yes. official channels, not you know by reading it on the internet. Mm-hmm. That's very right. uh, um. You know, not a good way to, uh, to handle this. I know. Yeah. So no, I did not do that. I wouldn't, I'm, I would never be that person because I, I see people do that and I get so mad, but, um, I messaged the DNA Doe project. I'm like, can you consider like giving, cause um, it was un, under my impression that like my, my listener like helped identify the doe just by the way our messages like translated and she got um officially identified a week later and so um I just like totally embarrassed myself in front of the DNA doe project they're like hi Haley she was actually identified in 2020 so it was not your listener and I was like oh yeah no so on to that kind of brings us to Walker County Jane Doe and I think that's probably what may have happened to her um, but how did you first hear about the Walker County Jane Doe? Was it someone coming and asking you to do a rendering or did you find it yourself? No, it was really, um, as I was saying, I was caring for my mother. This started in 2009. I was pri- previously working for Disney and then the situation with my mother's health got such mm-hmm. that I, um, I couldn't work and take care of her mm-hmm. at the same time. So, um, so I ended up, um, uh, caring for her and, and becoming her full-time caretaker. And, and as I was doing that, I, you know, I was home all, a lot of the time and I was sitting home on the computer and catching up on the news and all that. And back in 2009, I think it was August of 2009, the JC Ducard story broke. And I started following that case. And in following that case, I came across web sleuths. There was a whole lot of discussion of JC's case and, and I found that there was a forum on Web Sleuths that discussed John Doe's and Jane Doe's. And I thought, wow, this is fascinating that there are so many people online doing that, trying to trying to match Doe's to missing persons. And thought, well, this is something, you know, you can do from your computer. It's not, you know, it's not like a cold case homicide where, you know, you need access to the case file information. Um you know, to do anything with a, or, you know, most of what you need to do with a homicide case, you need access to confidential information, which we don't have. But in this case, there's, you know, biographical information and there's missing persons listings and you can go through. And so I found, I found that I was, you know, I got, I got very fascinated in, in that. And one of the, a few of the first cases that I came across, there was, first of all, Callie Doe, which mm-hmm. we now know as Tammy Joe Alexander. Mm-hmm. And there was a um, buckskin girl, and there was uh, um, there was the girl that was found in the basement of a, uh, a abandoned apartment building in St. Louis. Uh, that was a fascinating case, mm-hmm. the headless girl. And, and uh, 
then you know there were there were about maybe five or ten cases that were on the top of my list of mm-hmm. interest in terms of interest and, and yeah. Walker County Jane Doe was one of them and and Walker County Jane Doe was interesting because there was a backstory to it. Yes. A lot of those cases, they're Doe cases, they're just mm-hmm. okay. We found these bones and here's a description and we know nothing about mm-hmm. it. But in the case of Callie Doe. Or, pardon me. In the case, well, it's Cali Doe also, but in the case of uh, um, Walker County Jane Doe, um, mm-hmm. there was a backstory. There was a story about her, you know, being seen in a truck stop and mm-hmm. that she was trying to visit somebody in a prison, and uh, you know what she was wearing, and you know there was mm-hmm. a story that went with it. So um, I became very much interested. Yeah. You know, partly because of her age, I, I'm. I'm about the same age that she was. I was born in 1962, so mm-hmm. I think I was 17 at that time. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I was maybe a year or two older than she, but, you know, that's my generation. So there was that interest. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, and yeah, I, I just, you know, because it was a young, I think cases of young people are mm-hmm. more, are generally just more interesting because, you know, you have a, a mother and of and siblings and and I mean of course the older people do too but it's you know there's something a little more emotional about the mm-hmm. you know the nature of the victim that yeah that draws interest. yeah if I think about her case too much and my husband thinks I'm like kind of crazy I will literally start crying like I'll just like start <laughs> crying because I think about her and the reason I'm so drawn to her case is because I grew up maybe like 20 miles south from where her body was found and to go to college and then also to visit my boyfriend, who's now my husband. Um, I used to drive past where her body was found every single time. So I've probably driven past the crime scene location probably a hundred times by now. Yeah, I was in Texas a couple of years ago and mm-hmm. I was there. I was actually in Dallas to, or actually Fort Worth to attend a, a missing persons uh, conference and mm-hmm. There was a speaker there who was uh, the grandson of a, a woman who I helped identify. Mm. And so I, I went to Dallas to, uh, I took a flight to Dallas and to attend that. And while I was in Dallas, I thought, well, Huntsville is about three hours south. I'm, mm. I've got a rent a car here. I'll just hop yeah. in my car and go down to Huntsville and, and took a, you know, drive around to the cemetery and to the truck stop. And, mm-hmm. and I met with a woman who lives in, who's interested in the case also, who who grew up in Huntsville, so she knew all the points of interest, and and she and another woman uh, took, you know, the, where the three of us drove around Huntsville and you know went to all the points of interest and went up to the side of the road and took pictures of the hillside there on the side of I forty five, which is now completely different because yeah. in nineteen eighty it was only a one lane highway and each way, and now it's a you know, major thoroughfare. I know, it's like a massive interstate, <laughs> interstate. yeah. And they're yeah. talking about putting in like a tram in between Houston and Dallas now because wow. so many people go back and forth and it's it's crazy how it's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of unfortunate for this case because it's really hard to like picture it, you know. Mm-hmm. But so I've seen so many different renderings of the Walker County Jane Doe. And this is actually how I found about out about you and how amazing your work is, is because and I always try to look at the autopsy images if they're like, it just looks like they're sleeping or maybe like they just have like a black eye or something just so that way I can accurately describe it to my listeners. Um, and then also it kind of saves other people who might be a little bit more sensitive than I am from having to look at the images and yours by far are the most accurate. Um, like it literally just looks exactly like her. Why do you think that there's so many different, like, why do you think the renderings vary so much? Like just, well, you know, if you look at that postmortem photo, she was beaten very badly before and heard there's a lot of bruising Mm -hmm. and what you call lividity where, in this instance, she was found face down, I think probably with her head turned, mm-hmm. uh, um, actually it would be, yeah, her head turned to her right. Mm-hmm. And you can see all the pooling of blood in her cheek there. Yeah, uh, it's like puffy. Which makes her face look all swollen. Yes. And is, you know, you need to take that into account when you're, you know, reconstructing the face that, that a lot of that um, thickness of the tissue there is, the result of lividity, not mm. something that existed prior to her death. Right. So, uh, 
you yeah. need to uh and you know her lips were swollen and there was no you know no certainty that the swelling of the lips was lividity or bruising or just naturally thick mm-hmm. you know full lips so uh I mean, I've done various versions over the years and, you know, the early, the, the most recent one, I, I plumped up her lips a little bit more, but mm-hmm. uh, the prior one I had done, I had de-emphasized that feature thinking that perhaps, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't have naturally sw- uh, naturally full lips, so that it's mm-hmm. swelling and lividity. Yeah. Okay. So you think like other artists maybe just are trying to take into account lividity and everything, or maybe they didn't take that into account. And so they made it. Well, well the earliest versions, the, the pencil sketch um, uh, that was done, the artist uh, had um, only had that frontal oh. um, mor- mortuary photo. Okay. That was the only one available to her at that time was Karen Taylor, who was the oh, artist. And uh, she, I, I, I did a class with her a couple mm-hmm. of years ago in uh, San Marcos. And, you know, she explained that that was when she, at the time she had done that, there weren't any other available photos other than that one frontal okay. um, photo where she had been embalmed and all her features were all flattened out. And uh, so... You know, the resulting image isn't going to be as accurate. Right. As, uh, Do you know as, why the police didn't give her all of the images? I feel like that would have yeah, been so I, I don't know why. I guess they, you know, they had to, somebody had to go dig through the case file. And, yeah. You know, I feel uh, like that would have been so helpful um, if they had it early on um, to, like, have all of the images and stuff to sketch her. Well, that makes complete sense because the frontal view yeah. in that sketch um does look a lot like her um and then there's one where it just like to me I was just kind of like confused but um yeah well that's so interesting I'm glad you have all the images um yeah and actually at that at that class she showed a few uh photos you know she was going through comparisons side-by-side comparisons of drawings mm -hmm. and and, uh you know the actual person or or the post-mortem photo and then the artwork and that and one of the things she showed on her screen was that same side view photo uh, that everybody's seen online, but is black and white. And on the she showed it in color. She had the color version of that, yeah. so you could see that you know that all the lividity in the face. And there's a reason why they terminated it only went black and white. But but uh, mm-hmm. you could see the color of her hair uh, was a lot lighter than oh, what uh, had you know what appears in the black and white photos yes. looks like her hair is a lot darker be- in the black and white one because yeah. her hair is wet and mm-hmm. two because it's black and white and so um i could see she had very medium brown hair mm-hmm. uh, you know as opposed to uh you know what's what appears from those frontal mm-hmm. mortuary photos that you know looks like she has almost black hair and it's not not yes. that dark yeah, yeah. And I'm, I've definitely um, seen those pictures. And then I've seen the renderings where it looks like she has like almost black hair, um, uh-huh. which can completely throw off, you know, someone if they're like, Oh, I haven't seen my daughter in 40 years. Could this be her? Um, uh-huh. And, you know, that would completely throw someone off and be like, Oh, my daughter didn't have black hair. Um, and so, yeah, that's so interesting. Well, so is there a reason you were so drawn to her case and why you like run the Facebook page and why you continue yeah, well, to make renderings? I think I, I originally started that Facebook page, uh, several years ago, probably 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, it was just a matter of, you know, that was, I don't know if it was before or after the, it was probably right after the Tammy Jo Alexander thing mm-hmm. that you know, the one she was identified mm-hmm. and I, okay, now that I'm done with this, uh, Cali Doe case, now that that's resolved, you know, which case do I go on to next? And I decided, well, Walker Cunnington Doe is a, mm-hmm. is a similar case, uh, involving a victim about the same age and, yeah. um, you know, seemingly from the same type of background, you know, what appears to be a runaway and, I thought, well, this is an interesting case with an interesting story. And so I put together this Facebook page and it really was. And, you know, I wanted to showcase my artwork, first of all, and secondly, to, you know, to tell the story and try to get the word out. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's gotten now that there's, you know, that page has had millions of views now. Yes. 
<laughs> and, you know, I was never expecting it to go that far. But, you know, I mean, I'm constantly, my Facebook notifications now are just running constantly on I that know. thing. Yeah. yeah, it's really not very and not as easy anymore to follow, you know, messages that come in. I mean, I still, you know, private messages come into the board. I still read them, but mm-hmm. you know, a lot of times I don't have time to respond or, yeah. or, and, or or follow up on every lead if somebody comes up with a missing person, which I'm pretty confident that she's not a publicly listed missing person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are constantly bringing up, well, how, yeah. what about this? What about this girl? What about this girl? Mm-hmm. What about this girl? And, yes. You know, it's like, oh, they should have looked at hundreds of times. There's, I know. You know. Yeah, there was one. If so, it was her, it would have been already resolved because, you know, that that girl has, you know, whoever they've come up with, uh, um, you know, Laureen Ron, I think is one of them. <laughs> that, yeah. uh, um, you know, they've been on the sites for 10 years now. And, you know, if she was Walker County Jane Doe, it would have mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's something with starting my podcast that I've been getting kind of frustrated with. And it's not even like I should get frustrated because it's not like I'm a sheriff and I'm like working on Mm -hmm. a case. But like on Reddit, for example, um, I follow like all these different forums on Reddit just to see like, you know, if there's any information coming out. Um, And like a few weeks ago, someone pulled up this girl with like bright red hair, freckles all over, completely different eyebrows, didn't have the eyebrow scar or anything like that, completely different nose and everything. And I was like, hey, like they do look similar, but like I just, they're not the same person. Like, what do you mean? This is her. And like, that's another thing that surprises me is just, I mean, I don't want to be, you know, too disparaging, but a lot of people don't, don't have a sense of facial you know, right. recognition. I guess that I never knew it before. I thought that was just something innately human, but mm-hmm. yeah, apparently not. That so some people just don't have an eye for faces and you know can't recognize temple width and uh, yes. you know brow structure and mm-hmm. you know these various things that my eye scars immediately tease in on and say, oh no, there's no way that's the same person. Has a downward pointing nose, and this person has an upward pointing nose. Yeah. Or, you know, it's has a small chin or, a, you know, whatever. It's, it's so you know, you interesting. Can, I immediately, my eye com- immediately keys in on that. But apparently, you know, that's just not a an instinct that'll, or, a, you know, an aptitude that, you know, a lot of people don't have. And they want to be helpful and you don't want to criticize them because, they're you know, they're trying to be helpful. Yeah. But, you know, when somebody comes along and says, mm. you know, this girl, look, you think this girl is Walker County Jane Doe? It's just like. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and I do think that a lot of people don't realize how many people are working, like, for example, on the Walker County Jane Doe specifically, let alone like police officers who have just combed names and everything. Oh, right. And, you know, since that page went viral, I mean, there's, you know, thousands of people now who are aware of that case and are interested in the case. I I haven't checked the uh, the numbers on the page recently, but I think, you know, you know, a long, quite a while ago, I checked, and there were like four million views and and fifty thousand shares. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what you call uh, interactions, or mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's, there's a stuff, yeah. a metric that they use, and it's like you know, I had no idea I was going to get to get this. No. Thing, get yeah, this I mean, it's attention. it's amazing. Yeah, and I think even you know this little bit hasn't been mentioned much but one of the things the waitress said to the uh investigators was that she came across as uh as a little bit uh you know uh overconfident she yeah. heard just her demeanor was, she was like a sassy for you know, us yeah, yeah. Had her head, you know had her head forward and, yeah. and came across as someone who was a little mm-hmm. bit uh thought she was more streetwise than she actually was mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and i just um I don't know. So that to me is like, oh yeah, she's a total runaway because you have to have a lot of confidence to run away. The world's uh-huh. a scary place even back then, or I feel like especially back then with all the serial killers just running rampant. But um, yeah, she was a total sassy for us. And that's one of the reasons why I like her case so much is because <laughs> I totally see my old self in her. I'm like, I totally would have said that if I ran away and I didn't have my family. I'd be like, who cares where my mom is? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, is there anything that's interesting about her case to you other than like the backstory? I know that's like uh, so unique. Well, yeah, I mean, there's 
one thing that they're looking into now of you know from running the page somebody contacted me and they uh um they came up with a specific person wow. who they don't they don't know the name and it always seems like you know all these tips come up oh i knew this girl but didn't know her name it's mm. like well <laughs> we need a name right. but uh it was this girl who uh was with the uh the Rebecca house who was associated with the Rebecca mm-hmm. house. And she was actually traveling with a group uh, called the Jubilee girls. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Jubilee girls are adult women who were former members of Rebecca house, but now do, or not now, but, but at the time were going around the country doing fundraising mm-hmm. and promotional uh, presentations right. and, you know, do singing. It's like a singing group and women were nicely dressed and they do these kind of, uh, you know, have a religious message that they put across and, you know, they were trying to fundraise for the Rebecca house, but she was a, this one specific girl was a, um, you know, was, was traveling with the Jubilee girls, even though she appeared to be underage mm-hmm. and the rest of the women were adults. But, but the story is that the girl, uh, uh, ran away from their that group and the, and the guy who was running the Jubilee Girls went out and found her, came back and said, oh, she's, uh, um, I found her and I let her go. That's what he told. So, okay. you, know, the, you know, the story, you know, we're now trying to figure out who that girl is. And there is a photo of her, but, and she does look like Walker County Jane Doe, but mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not entirely sure she is, but I mean, yeah. there is a good resemblance and, mm-hmm. you know, there is one photo that's never been put out into public, but, yeah. um, but that's yeah um, i know the photo you're talking about it's where she's singing and she's like facing forward and she's singing no 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 no, that's not that that photo has been resolved that girl in the in the choir uh is is no 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 that that girl's been identified and confirmed to be still alive good Uh, you know her name somebody came up with a name and and said oh no i've seen her recently i I know who she is oh okay and so yeah that that still gets uh distributed around as if it's not a result Okay. You know, yeah, I hadn't that, heard that it was resolved in this. I read on this case like yeah, that girl singing, <laughs> and you know, I knew, I knew early on that she probably wasn't Walker County Jane Doe because Walker County Jane Doe was five foot six tall, mm-hmm. which is a little bit taller than average for mm-hmm. a, you know, for an adult female, uh, little uh, teenager. But, but all the other females in the group yeah. were all taller than she. That that girl singing. She was mm-hmm. short, one of the shortest people in the, mm-hmm. That's the group. A, a girl five, six tall would probably not be um, the that shortest short. person in the group. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great observation. Just like statistically, it probably mm-hmm. wasn't her. Yeah, you're just looking at the likelihood. You yeah. Know, it's not, not a positive rule out, but, mm-hmm. you know, when I was looking at her compared to, you know, all the other women in the, in the singing group, mm-hmm. you'd think she would have been on the, you know, among the taller people mm-hmm. of the group, not, Definitely. not the smallest. Yeah. And what do you think about the Kathleen theory where, um, you know, there was like that girl and I think it was the Rebecca house. Um, I think they had like a lot well, of Well, there was never met, you know, never explicitly associated with Rebecca house. There's been a lot of follow-up, you know, speculation that she might be from the Rebecca house, okay. but you know, I was, I was the guy, the guy who, who's, who came up with that photo actually contacted oh, me through the, the Walker County Jane Doe page. Okay. And so I still hear from him now and then. He's still interested mm-hmm. in trying to. And uh, that's get the that boy result. that but, she was with but, at the motel? Well, yeah, I was, you know, that's a the picture family. of two girls in that picture. Mm-hmm. And the second girl is that guy's sister. Yes. So, so the guy who gave me the picture was the brother of the second girl in the green shirt in that mm-hmm. photo. Okay. Uh, and you know he had a story and you know the actually the the girl in that photo i actually also talked to me and she's you know they they had found out about the walker county jane doe case or you know found my page independently of each other and they both came to each other and said did you see that page that looks like kathy so i mean it wasn't like uh one told the other it was you know they both independently of each other saw the same Mm -hmm. facebook page and then you know, at, at some point when she came to visit, she actually lives in Oregon, but she came to visit him in Texas and said, oh, by the way, did you ever see that, that Walker County Jane Doe page? She looks like Kathy. And then and then their mother said, oh, and by the way, I have a photo of Kathy. 
So she went into their photo album and said, Mm -hmm. oh, here's that photo. And so he pulled the photo out and sent it to me and said, you know, do you think this could be Walker County Jane Doe? At first, I mean, there are a lot of similarities Mm -hmm. in their facial structure. Mm -hmm. Uh, But to me, I think her chin is a little too strong. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I look Robert at Danny it. Jane Doe had a very delicate chin. She had a small chin. Mm-hmm. You know. yeah. yeah, and I the, I, I don't know. I've I've looked at that picture so many times, and it's just one of those things where it's like, is this a kind of like a blurry picture that's a low low quality, and like maybe they weren't holding the camera still, so it could like distorted it, um, or well, is I mean, it just the noses look almost her. identical? I mean, in, in yeah. the width of the bridge of the nose and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. in the and eye the width, brow structure and all mm-hmm. that, they're identical. But then I get to the the mm-hmm. mouth and chin and think, well, no, that just doesn't look right. Yeah, but yeah. rolling it out, there, you know, maybe other reasons. I've you know, one thing with death is, you know, often chins are are uh, you know because the jaw is a separate, you know, mm-hmm. becomes slack. You a lot of times it's chin looks stronger you know you know it gets out of place and you know so that you know may be something that is explainable by post-mortem effects but Mm -hmm. you know just my my gut sense is probably not Mm -hmm. and and, you know there's still it's still up there and we're you know i'd still love to see somebody come forward and say hey i know who that kathy girl is mm-hmm. and so you no know it's ever been, like, it's been passed around just about all of texas with oh uh you know with my page but uh mm-hmm. still nobody's come forward and said oh i know who that kathy girl is that that this is her name and you know she Either I have seen her or I haven't seen her in, in 40 years. <laughs> That's so odd because I know that, you know, uh, people pay to do ads for you. Like they uh-huh. donate their money. Um, and so I that's so odd that no one's ever come forward in something like I know some people really push their chins down when they smile which she was having a huge grin she looked really happy in that picture and I'm one of those people where I push my chin down and it makes my chin look way bigger than it actually is when I smile and so I'm like (laughs) maybe she was one of those girls something like that and I mean so so I don't rule it out entirely yeah Um, yeah so you know a there was another photo that is actually hasn't been distributed, and uh, it was a post uh, embalming photo, that just like that black and white frontal one, but mm-hmm. it was taken from a different angle, and that was the basis I used for my most recent depiction. Mm-hmm. And and uh, and you know, you could see how small her chin was in that mm-hmm. yeah. image. Yeah, it you was know, very. They have her, you know, they have her jaw fixed, you know, for the for the embalming and all that for the presentation. So, oh. so it wasn't like she was just found with her mouth hanging open. It was, a, you know, they mm-hmm. when they embalm them, they fix their jaw shut. Yeah, and so you could see, you know, that she did have a, you know, a very very small chin, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, I did I did another after a couple of years of that that one before the last being passed around and not getting any results from it. I, you know, I got that new image and decided to do a, another one about probably mm-hmm. the 20th, yeah. 20th attempt. I've, well, <laughs> I mean, thank I, you for doing when that. When I first started this, I didn't have any, you know, mm-hmm. any experience with the photo editing software. So, you know, it was very crude, crude stuff. And over the years I've gotten my mm-hmm. you know, developed techniques and that sort of thing to, yeah. to, you know, develop my skills and, you know, so that they are where they are now. But, you know, when I was first doing that, it, I look back at those images and think, wow, these aren't very, uh, aren't very good by my current standards. Mm-hmm. Well, but, I mean, I think every single one that I've ever seen you do is, is great. Again, I'm like a huge fan of <laughs> yours. And so, um, so I guess, so your favorite theory that you think is most likely might be the Rebecca House girl, or... Uh, well, that's a plausible theory. I don't know. Uh, Do you, you have know, a favorite theory is. that you think um, it might be most likely? Yeah, I mean, or just a simple runaway situation, much mm-hmm. like Tammy Jo Alexander. She lived in a, in a, in a very uh, dysfunctional household mm-hmm. with a mother who had uh, anger management problems and drug mm-hmm. problems and, and other things, and and uh, she just left and and the family just figured, okay, well, I don't blame her for leaving because, you know, mm-hmm. life was hell in that household. So, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, a lot of times, you know, that, that could be the explanation mm-hmm. that it just some, some girl who left a unbearable situation at home and, mm-hmm. and everybody who knew her didn't think it was any big deal or mm-hmm. anything yeah. to anything unusual. Mm-hmm. So they just let it go and didn't file a missing persons report. I, you know, I, I mean, uh, that might just be like to me the most likely scenario, but mm-hmm. you know, the Rebecca house story is, you know, also a very plausible theory. Yeah. Well, is there any, is there a theory that you think is most unlikely? And I ask this because I've just seen the craziest theories when it comes to Jane and John Doe. And I know you probably have too. And I know a lot of it is they automatically assume that they were some type of sex worker. Like I know they assume that with Ventura County Jane Doe. Um, and so I, that to me is personally, I just don't think that this young girl was well, a sex yeah, worker. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, there's various serial killers that get mentioned all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Henry Lee Lucas being one of them. Uh, uh, Robert Ben Rhodes being another. Um, I guess that's not totally implausible, but I mean, Henry Lee Lucas, I think they've already figured out that he was in a different place at that time. So yes. I think they pretty much ruled him out, but. And the um, bite mark didn't match his, cause I know he had some crazy teeth. I've seen pictures of him and he had, yeah, but then he had his, uh, when they decided to do it, he had, you know, already had major dental work done. So, oh. that, you know, that, that was inconclusive, as I recall, that oh. you know, they weren't able to conclude one way or the other because of the significant dental work he'd had done oh, that's unfortunate. between then and when they checked. Mm-hmm. Most likely, you know, the, my most likely theory, and I've been saying this, you know, in, in my posts, when I went there to Huntsville and I um, traveled around Huntsville and saw the points of interest and went to that truck stop, mm-hmm. It occurred to me that, you know, the truck stop has a very large parking lot, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because it's a truck stop. You need a lot mm-hmm. of space for these large trucks to park and, you know, park mm-hmm. overnight. And even today, it's still pretty big, too. Yeah. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. And so, and as you come out of that park, that truck stop, there's the on-ramp to I-45 and mm-hmm. you're heading north. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's. Then just three and a half miles up is where her body was found. Mm-hmm. So I don't think she ever went out of that parking lot of the truck stop after mm-hmm. she left the, yeah. the cafe. Um, what, you know, the way I see it is that she was, um, it was late at night. She wasn't going to get to the prison at night. She was probably thinking, okay, I'll try, I'll head there in the morning, but I need a place to sleep. Mm-hmm. And being the self-confident kind of, uh, you know, <laughs> sassy, uh, sassy type teenage of, girl you know, she was. <laughs> person a little more overconfident yeah. in her social skills or whatever, probably said to a trucker, hey, can you let me sleep in your truck overnight? And, and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. and that was probably what happened. He got into her truck and, mm-hmm. or she got into his truck and, and, uh, you know, whatever happened happened, but, but probably happened in, in the parking lot of the truck stop. And then, and then after he was done, he just started his truck, went, went on the, you know, northbound and dropped her off three and a half miles there. Mm -hmm. Um, Another thing is there's discussions of a station wagon and four people. I've heard that story. Uh, Yeah, there was some, some story about, four guys in a station wagon and, hmm. you know, and something about, you know, the, the, the route in between the, the Huntsville and the prison, there's a big, old, big mm-hmm. rural area that's yeah. between the prison and the, and the city. So, um, and I thought, well, that doesn't seem to make sense uh, because if that had happened, they would have dumped her there. They wouldn't have come back mm-hmm. through town with a dead body in the car there you know, at the risk been... on Halloween night, at the risk of getting pulled over, and then go on I I forty five North, or I don't think it was I forty five at the time, but whatever the highway number was, mm. I said or Highway seventy five, I think it was called mm. back then. But um, yeah, but you know, heading north on that, and then dropping her body where he where they dropped it just doesn't yeah. seem to make sense. That you know, on Halloween night, that she would have been walking through town. Got out, got on the outskirts of town, and then got picked mm. up 
by four guys in a station wagon. Well, um, also, there's there was no like DNA evidence found with her sexual assault, and I feel like right. having not just one but four males that's so unlikely that <clears throat> there was right. just zero evidence. Yeah, yeah, there would have been you know <laughs> something other than a uh foreign object penetration mm-hmm. there. That's I mean, I don't know what the back, you know, what the story, the explanation behind that is. Maybe some guy was in, in, impotent and mm-hmm. had women well, issues because of his own imp- impotence. I don't know. Yeah, but, a lot of people think her killer was a female because of that, and I just. Oh, and that, yeah, that's kind of another one of those mm-hmm. that doesn't strike me. Yes. I mean, yeah. I feel like females, whenever, from what my research, and obviously there's like the oddballs who like, just like, you Cara know, Homolka would be one who was, you know, kind of sadistic, but, right. but was acting in conjunction with a male. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like it has to be like really heated and maybe just kind of like a love affair or something. Like it seems like women are really personal with their crimes when they're that brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, and just picking up some little girl on the side of the road is just like there's no reason to be that brutal. Yeah, that exactly. And and to the extent that women have done that, my observation is, like I said, with Car- Carla Homolka or you know other women, they did it to please the man they were right. with. Mm-hmm. There was a man who who was sadistic, and the woman was going along with. Yeah with what he was doing mm-hmm. as a means of pleasing him, uh, as opposed to, you know, something they came up with on their uh, out of their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't think there were that many yeah. women truck drivers back in the 80s. And spe- specifically yeah, the truck 80s. stop, that's another thing. Uh, yeah, there weren't very many female truck drivers. Even and, today, there's and, not. Um, and the, the, you know, you can't discount the fact that she was in a truck stop parking lot. Right. You know, that's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, I mean, not to disparage truck drivers, there are a lot of very <laughs> decent people who are truck drivers, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. But, but there are a lot of very crazy people who are mm-hmm. truck drivers too, that mm-hmm. that occupation tends to attract people who yeah. don't interact well in a workplace. So, mm-hmm. you I know, mean, people the who are on their own. and a serial uh, killer, because you just get out of it? town and it's the perfect job for a serial killer, because you get out of town and you're four states away within, you know, 12 hours. Yeah, and... You know, if if you're a person who has antisocial tendencies, mm-hmm. a truck driving job is a perfect job because mm-hmm. you don't have to interact with people <laughs> yeah. all day in the workplace. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and and again, not to disparage anyone who, you mm-hmm. know, all truck, truck drivers, because yeah. you know my uh, brother's a truck driver. Of, yeah. You know, they, our a economy people, wouldn't run without them, so they're definitely appreciated. <laughs> but so, yeah. our my last question about the Walker County Jane Doe for you um, is: there any like identifiers about her that you think would help her get identified? I know she has the scar um, on her eyebrow. I think it's her left eyebrow. If, and an inverted nipple. I think it, there was a mm-hmm. uh, description over that. Um, yeah. I don't know if there's anything especially unique about about her other than that you know mm. in which most people wouldn't know she had an inverted nipple so right. um you know that um, mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe your parents or something but right. you know the um uh and the scar on the eyebrow i mean the you know some people have said have, have said that you know they don't think that scar is actually a scar but i don't know it looks like a scar to me from the from the photo but i mean it's a big yeah. line across yeah. her yeah. eyebrow. it's a pretty big if it's not a scar i don't know what it one, one detective tell me oh then no there's she doesn't have that scar but uh, i mean i look at the photo and it looks like a, a scar to me picture. So. and her <laughs> eyebrow is a little funky too like it looks like her yeah. eyebrow took some damage too right right so huh yeah, I mean, I'm still, despite that the detective said that, I'm still going with a theory that, you know, she got a scar. But, well, good um, for you. I mean, I, I completely agree just because yeah. the way her eyebrow looks, it looks like her eyebrow suffered some type of trauma in the past and oh. there's not like a ton of hair there. Oh, and her, yeah, the, there was mentioned that her teeth were perfectly aligned as if she had had braces when she was yeah. younger, although there was no evidence that she had worn braces mm. in her younger years which you know if she's only 15 then you know <laughs> she probably mm. didn't wear braces mm. you don't 
Does that mean like there wasn't any like glue remnants or anything like that or like? Or yeah, I guess maybe structural things that there are indicators that your teeth have shifted. Okay. Uh, um, I, I, I'm presuming that, mm -hmm. but you know, they did an anthropological exam of her and and didn't didn't uh, see any evidence that she had worn braces. But they said her teeth were so perfectly aligned. Mm -hmm. There were no anomalies in her bite or her, you know, in her smile. Uh, so right. that's another thing. I, I think, uh, uh, what's the girl Crowley? Uh, there's a missing girl named Crowley who's often brought up as a possible identity who she had, uh, you know, very, very crooked teeth and, oh. and can say, you know, okay, it's not her because, um, you know, because Walker County Jane Doe has, you know, perfectly aligned teeth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, perfect. Um, is there any like other details that you want my listeners to know about her that like we might that might like not be spread? I spoke with a detective uh, maybe a couple of months ago, and I you know I've asked him numerous times. Well, you know why don't you do genetic genealogy? Mm -hmm. We'd probably figure out her, her identity and mm -hmm. you know and we can... down the road too. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and especially since. Caucasians are much better represented in the database than other mm. other ethnicities. But so, you know, when you have a Caucasian person, there's a lot better mm. chance that you get good matches in the database. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I've told him that and he says, well, we're working on something in that regard, but I can't discuss what, what's going on. So oh. apparently they, they are doing something, but he doesn't. Yeah. He, He's not telling anybody. You're not telling me, or mm. you know, I mean, so you know, maybe that they're working on it and mm. just not going to say anything until they come up with an answer. Um, I I really pray that they do her DNA and that they are in the process of it because I just think this is the only way she's going to get identified. I just personally don't think like if we find her killer, I don't think that will lead us to her identity or anything. I know like he that. told me a couple of years ago, I, I, the first, first time I asked about it, they said, well, they sent her D her, her mandible to DNA solutions in Oklahoma and they were unable to get a profile out of it because, you know, they, they there's a profile for CODIS, which is a different, a completely different, profile than that which you need for, for genealogy that mm -hmm. you can't use one for the other or vice versa but um so they had to get a new dna sample and they couldn't get it out of the mandible that they had kept mm -hmm. you know when they when they exhumed her they reburied mm -hmm. her but they kept her mandible so that was the only thing they had mm -hmm. from her that that uh that uh, they could get dna from and dna solutions was unable to get anything but I mean, there have been other cases where they failed the first time and and uh, mm -hmm. succeeded in subsequent tries. We have numerous cases where that happened. The, the Sumter couples, one of them, where mm -hmm. you know the you know they tried once and failed, and then and then tried again and actually mm -hmm. were able to come up with a sample. So yeah, and I know um, like technology is getting better. Like for example, they can even do like cremains now. Um, and test it if there's like larger chunks in there. Um, they can do that now. That's what we're hoping with the Finley Creek Jane Doe. Um, and so hopefully that can happen. Yeah. How did you get into making renderings of unidentified victims? Were you like, I know you are an accountant, but were you a type of graphic designer? Did you always just have some creativity in you? That, that was a skill that I've always had. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've always known I was, it wasn't ever going to be an occupation of mine. I just, because I've always been aware that not a lot of money can be made doing mm -hmm. artwork or right. at least while you're alive, there isn't any, the, yeah. the artists that have uh, made money on their artwork are usually dead by the time their, yeah. their work becomes popular. Mm -hmm. So, um, I always knew that I, you know, that wasn't going to be my occupation, but, you know, as, as I started getting interested in this, uh, mm -hmm doing John Doe, Jane Doe cases and missing persons, I started uh, just toying around with the software with a Corel photo paint, which I had on my computer but never used. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think I mentioned it in uh, one of, in the, you know, Vice video that I had this one image that I had uh, of a guy in Philadelphia that I had. With the Eagles jersey? Yeah, yeah, with the Philadelphia Eagles jersey where, you know, that was the very first one I'd ever done. And, and it was very easy because there was nothing, you know, other than his eyes were closed and his mouth was a little bit open. 
there wasn't a whole lot of uh, alteration to do to his mm-hmm. his facial structure at all. I had to do was put eyes on him, and and uh, and fi- I found a Terrell Owens jersey online, which you know that was a eighty one was the number that was on the Philadelphia Eagles jersey. So, um, so I found one of those online and just put it on him and and said, okay, this this is much better than the one that's being spread around, you know, in connection with that case. Mm-hmm. And, and it caught some attention and people started, you know, commenting and got, I got a lot of good feedback from it. And mm-hmm. so I continued on doing that. And, uh, and as I started doing those, um, first of all, Doe Network asked me to do a bunch of them for them. So something that I've always wondered is whenever someone is found as a skeleton, how do you go about creating a rendering for them? You know, there are a lot of muscles there, and some people have much stronger uh, square, you know, jaw lines than than others, and that's not always easy to see in a skeleton. But mm-hmm. uh, but oh, and also eye slant. Mm-hmm. If someone has backward slanting eyes or forward slanting eyes, mm-hmm. that's obvious from. There are certain points uh, on the insides of the eye sockets you can see where the tendons attach, so that um, that tells you how their eyes slanted, which okay. is often uh, you know a key to getting their look right. That's so interesting. Okay, and so is it hard to like cope looking at murder victims for your work? Is it hard to like? I know it's just images, but is it does it get yeah, difficult? Yeah, yeah. Photographic images. I, I mean, sometimes the story is so saddening. I don't, I don't get too emotional from okay. from a photo of someone. Uh, I mean, You've I got thick think skin. seeing somebody in person would be uh, you know a different story or stumbling across something in the mm-hmm. in a dark alley would be you know by surprise probably would be very shocking or you know disturbing but no i i don't you know i've i've seen a lot of gruesome images and it and I'm, you know there's sometimes it's shocking but it's not overly uh, i don't uh-huh. get overly emotional about that yeah yeah and that's something i've always wondered like i just like I'm like i cannot believe he like looks at these for like hours all the time i just yeah, like, you know, as I was saying, bodies that have been pulled out of water are often very uh, uh, gruesome mm-hmm. to, to look at. But, mm-hmm. you know, you know I, I got to brush it I, off. I think I have too much trouble dealing with that. Okay, well, good. Not as, as much as I would, add, uh, you know, I'd, if I were the person having to pull them out of the water or mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Right. And so um, I know that we can donate to the DNA Doe Project. Is there anywhere that... So I know, for example, um, with the Walker County Jane Doe specifically, some people donate to your Facebook page, um, so that way you can run ads in Texas and stuff. Oh, I don't make any donations on that Oh, you don't? Oh, that was all you? Yeah, yeah, it's all, you know, I I wouldn't want to be, you know, the person responsible for handling all the funds and accounting for everything coming in and Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, DNA Doe Project does have a a funding mechanism on their their website and their Facebook page, but... Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I don't take donations, no. Okay. The, the case I've been working on for two years is the, the Ventura Jane Doe mm-hmm. case. That's the, the one case that I've been really focused on. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a whole bunch of cases that we're working on, but this has you know, mm-hmm. been my main focus. I've worked on a couple others as well, but, but this one has <laughs> been so difficult to mm-hmm. resolve just because of you know, issues with uh, Hispanic genealogy, with you know, mm-hmm. me- Mexican records or... There is very easy to find stuff within Mexico and very mm-hmm. easy to find stuff within the United States, but the tracing the movement, mm-hmm. the, the migration of somebody from the United States or from, from Mexico to the United States is often very difficult. Yeah. And there aren't any records that, that track a person from from their former mm-hmm. home to their new home. So, uh, right. um, you know, yeah. we'll get on a good trail and then it, it's a completely dead end. Mm-hmm. And, that's kind of what we've been encountering with the, with not just this case, but you know a lot of our Hispanic uh, doe cases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's so unfortunate. And I did do a podcast episode on her and my friend Lauren. Um, she has some some type of certification. She's in Texas, um, and she has some type of certification to teach to Spanish 
or yeah, like students who are fluent in Spanish and help them learn English. Uh Um, And so I, and I used your work again for my, my episode art. Um, And so, yeah, I did a whole case on her and her last names are either super common or they're just like none you've ever heard before. And it's so confusing. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Or in certain regions, there there are certain surnames that are very common within certain regions. Mm Mm-hmm. Other surnames like the name, for example, Cantu. Mm-hmm. You never see that name Cantu in Los Angeles. It's always in Texas because right. because the name predominates in the state of Nueva León in Spanish, mm-hmm. or in, in uh, excuse me, in Mexico, and uh, you know that that's one of the names of the original settlers in Monterey. Mm-hmm. So that name Cantu predominates in or Garza is another one you. You see a lot of Garzas and Cantus in Texas, but mm-hmm. very well. Dog Garza is not that uncommon, but but I, I don't know anybody named Cantu in Los Angeles. They're all in Texas. See, it's it's funny because um, I went to school in Houston, and um, where I I'm from Harris County, and Harris County has like the second highest Hispanic population, and uh-huh. just like a, like five different people with the last name Cantu just popped into my head that I went to school with, and so it's just uh-huh. funny that. In Los Angeles, because I think you all are number one for Hispanic population. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think well, the city of Los Angeles is the higher, you know, is predominantly Hispanic now. Yes. But they're all from, well, I shouldn't say they're all, they're predominantly from Guadalajara and Jalisco and, mm-hmm. and the Pacific Coast uh, states of Mexico. Mm-hmm. You know, when they, you know, when they come up from that side of the country, they end up in Los Angeles. If they come up from, say, Monterey or mm-hmm. or Zacatecas or wherever they come, they end up in mm-hmm. Texas. So, um, you know, and you know, it's a different a different uh, culture. You know, that just mm-hmm. like the United States has its, you know, southwest southeastern culture and its, mm-hmm. you know, northern culture and whatever. They, yeah, uh, a different personality. <laughs> I know. They, that ends up in Texas from the ones that ends up in Los Angeles. It's an interesting case, though, because uh, mm-hmm. as I, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm fluent in Spanish, but mm-hmm. I'm functional in reading Spanish, mm-hmm. so I can read through all these these uh, civil registries. Mm-hmm. And ancestry is great for Mexican genealogy because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you they go back to the 1600s in some places mm-hmm. where, you know, you can find birth records and marriage records and death records and and a lot of times they identify not just the parents, but they identify the grandparents as well. Mm. So, uh, you know, you don't get that in the United States when you're trying to trace genealogy in the United States because the records don't ordinarily identify the grandparents. Yeah. Uh, you know, so, so it's really, mm. uh, really kind of neat sometimes to be able to build out this family tree that goes out, you know, eight or nine generations. Mm. Uh, but, um, but the trouble is when you get down to the current century, all of a sudden, the, the records dry up mm-hmm. for privacy reasons, mm-hmm. and you know yeah. you, you can't uh, follow. Mm-hmm. One, you can't follow them because of the privacy issue, and also because of the migration issue. Uh, you know, they don't often keep the same name when they transfer to the United States. A lot of times, they'll change their date of birth, they'll change their their name, mm-hmm. and then you know the trail gets lost in in, in that manner. So yeah. Uh, it's it's so unfortunate that um like her, she didn't have any siblings or anything like that who are coming forward and saying like hey we haven't seen our sister in so long mm-hmm. you know um cuz i don't know it's just really surprising because you know you would think that she would have like several relatives who have been looking for her it's just like horrible yeah you'd think so but you know people don't know what to do a lot of times if they don't know where a person went missing mm-hmm. or or the authorities don't country. believe that there was foul play, then they don't, a lot of times they won't take a missing person's report. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, that's, that's been a problem for, you know, through, through the ages that no. yeah. a lot of these old cases where a missing person uh, report was never filed. Uh, you'll find that the family tried to file a missing person report and was told, uh, no, they, they, they went off on their own and so there's no reason to believe that they're, you know, victim of foul play, so we're not going to do anything about mm, it. Yeah. So, uh, um, we run into that situation quite a bit. I know it, it's it's horrible. Okay, so if if anyone wants to donate for your work or anything that the DNA Doe Project does, um, we should just go ahead and donate there. Nowhere else. Yeah, 
I mean, uh, I wouldn't take donations for my work. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't. You I don't do it out of kindness of your heart. <laughs> I mean, uh, maybe once or twice I've charged an agency to uh, to do an image, but I don't ordinarily. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I, I don't take any money for doing this. This is all just kind of a hobby. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I know I appreciate that. It's very like humble and noble of you to just like, you know, <laughs> do this for people. I think it's really awesome. And I know there's a lot of people who would charge for how talented and how detailed your stuff is. And so it's just awesome that, you know, you don't. And so it's <laughs> great. Thank you for that. Okay, thank you. Yeah, well, um, that is about it. Thank you so much for um, being on my episode. It was truly a dream come true. I just like, I keep like pinching myself. I'm like, I cannot believe I'm meeting with him. Because I've been, I always look for, if you have created a rendering of a particular Joe, or not Joe, Jane or John Doe, um, I'm, I always pick your work just because I yeah. just feel like you do pay attention to detail. Yeah, and unfortunately, I haven't had the time as much time to do these as mm -hmm. I used to but mm -hmm. you know I do, I do still do them now and then but yeah yeah but I mean yeah I still always I'm like did Carl do one because I'm gonna choose his <laughs> if he did um and so yeah you'll see like on my podcast episodes it's just like all your work um it's oh. just kind of like a mural of your stuff and so yeah well thank you so much I really appreciate it um and it's been nice I'm, talking to you yeah <laughs> you too thank you so much